0: We've had a lot of trades in the NFL, some of them quite big. Free agency has gotten underway. We have also released our penultimate big boards, myself and Shane both. And Brian Lamb from NFL Draft Lounge is going to join us to break it all down coming up on the NFL on the NFL Draft Countdown
1: Podcast.
0: Welcome to a nice edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host Brian Bosar, joined as always by my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 42 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes and 17 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft.
1: And we have trades, we have free agency. This has been a big week for the NFL, taking over between the legal tampering period, which that name makes no sense to me, and then we have the league year start today.
0: Yeah, let's just call it free agency started at noon on Monday because that's what it is. Uh, because I'm sorry, I've, I've seen how lawyers work, and you're not negotiating a contract 10 minutes after 12 o'clock with an NFL team with all the language that they have to have in it. If you haven't already started this process, you know, probably at the combine, if we're going to be honest, is when most of this stuff gets going. But you mentioned it. We mentioned it off the top there. We have had a lot of trades here uh, during the legal tampering period that started. Most of all those trades became official today. Uh, we talked about one we broke in on Friday, did our first ever emergency podcast uh, with Chicago and Carolina. Chicago, uh, Carolina gets the number one pick in the draft. Chicago got pick nine, pick 61, 24 first, 25 second, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Uh, go back and watch our video uh, on our YouTube channel. Get all the breakdown of, you know, our initial thoughts on that. We'll talk more about that a little bit later with Brian Lamb of NFL Draft Lounge when he comes on. Uh, the second trade that came across the board this week, Jalen Ramsey goes from Miami. It um, goes to Miami from the Rams in exchange for pick 77 in the third round and tight end Hunter Long. Uh what was your initial impression of this trade when you saw it? I, my, my initial thought was, wow, that's
1: good for Miami, right? I, I think to get a player like Jalen Ramsey a top – I think he's still a top five corner in the league, to be honest. Maybe not as good as he once was, but still really, really good um, for that pick. Now you have to pay him. That's always the the piece to this, right, when we talk about draft compensation. But uh, Miami's making a run. I mean, that, that's what this means. They are going for it this year. Next two years, while well, two is still in that rookie contract.
0: Yeah, it's, it's smart, smarter than to do that. Uh, they made some progress last year. I mean, but it, Tua needs to stay healthy, right? So that's that's the uh, that's the caveat here. Um, next trade to talk about: the Las Vegas Raiders sent tight end Darren Waller to the Giants for uh, a third round pick, pick number one hundred, which is the pick that the Giants got from the Chiefs for Kadarius Tony. Is that correct? So Waller for Kadarius Tony, essentially here in a three-team trade, uh, this one has pretty big. I would assume fantasy implications as well, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I have a lot of Darren Waller shares, so I, I think it's good. Also hurts my man Daniel Bellinger, who uh, would, would have started for the Giants. I think still be good. I, I think it's a good trade for the Giants to get someone to catch the football for Daniel Jones. Um, and I think the compensation's fine, though I kind of think it's gonna blow up in the Giants' face. I I just don't trust Darren Waller anymore to stay healthy. He got paid to to kind of stay consistent, so we'll, we'll see how this works out. Uh, but if you know if the Giants has had spent that pick 100 on a tight end, I don't think we blink an eye, and I don't think you're gonna get a tight end better than Darren Waller and with the upside at this point.
0: Yeah, you're probably right on that. Uh, so good get for the Giants there. And he's, what, got one year left on his deal? So, yeah, I'm not,
1: yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah, he, he recently signed a deal. So,
0: Yeah. Uh, next trade, Dallas acquires cornerback Stephon Gilmore from the Colts in exchange for a fifth-round pick. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that one uh, later. Uh, another trade – that went down Houston acquires guard Shaq Mason and a 2023 seventh round pick in exchange to Tampa Bay for a 2023 sixth round pick.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Texans getting getting Shaq Mason for that. Uh, and I understand for Tampa, you're probably going to cut him anyway. So you might as well get something, right, rather than cut him. And he's probably not going to sign a deal that's worth a compensatory pick. But I do like it for the Texans. I think it's a good move. The Texans – She's making some smart moves. It's been a good free agency for them. And uh, signing offensive linemen, helping Damian Pierce. They're going to help whatever quarterback they bring in. I like that move.
0: This is essentially going up like, uh, you know, around, I guess, right? So I I can't remember what pick. Around, I think. Uh, Last trade that went down, um, New England has admitted defeat here on tight end Johnu Smith, who was one of their big free agent signings a couple of seasons ago. Uh they get a 2023 seventh round pick uh from Atlanta for Johnu Smith who reunites with uh his former offensive coordinator Arthur Smith. So seems like this is going to it'll probably it's not great for the fantasy value of Kyle Pitts, I guess. But uh good for Johnu Smith, I guess. Uh,
1: there's a heavy debate in the fantasy community of if this is good or bad for Kyle Pitts. Um, Because Johnny Smith might take the blocking reps. You know, they're going to play 12 personnel. If you have Johnny Smith blocking, maybe Kyle Pitts doesn't have to block and can go out for more passes. That would be nice uh, after he had, I think, a 54% blocking percentage um, on his snaps for Kyle Pitts last year. So that's what Johnny Smith did well in New England. He blocked. They they thought he could do probably both things and he couldn't really. So that's, um, you know, that's the case.
0: There's was a debate to be had. I saw it bandied about on Twitter the other day. Maybe by Benjamin Albright said he he thinks that a lot of teams are going to start going more going back to more twelve personnel because defenses have gotten lighter to adjust to all the eleven personnel. So teams are trying to get ahead of this. Is, uh, is there any thought to that? I think it's good. I don't think there's enough tight ends to run it
1: (laughs) like i think i think there's a serious lack of of pass catching tight ends to be able to run that effectively if you want a guy to go out there and catch balls um a lot of teams are paying you know blocking tight ends pretty good money now and and we're seeing that in this free agency play out uh the Vikings signing josh oliver to a three-year 21 million dollar deal right i mean that's for a second tight end 12 personnel so it might not be wrong but i think there's a lot of teams that meant one to, but not have the personnel for it.
0: Maybe we'll see. Maybe this is where we're going back to, going back to that uh, grounded pound. Right? So we'll see. Uh, Cyclical, right? It's always cyclical. All right. So we got a guest tonight. He is the owner-operator of NFL Draft Lounge and the Fired Up Podcast Network. And he was my running mate for two and a half days of Senior Bowl practices He's my good buddy, Brian Lamb. Brian, man, uh, nice to have you on the uh, Draft Countdown Podcast finally.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: All right, so we're going to get right into it. Me and Shane talked a lot about it last week or last Friday. So let's get your take on this uh, Carolina coming up to Chicago spot at one. Carolina goes nine to one. And you, you know the package by now. So who are they coming up to get? And do you like the uh, value of the trade?
2: I love the value of the trade. Um, I mean, especially for Chicago, right? Um, you know, maybe nine's a little bit further down than I'd, I would want to move, but I, I think you can still get a good player, especially, you know, if Jalen Carter's there, um, you know, he today. So, you know, there were some concerns, so he, he might be available. Um, you know, you, you're, you're probably going to have four quarterbacks off the board right off the bat. Um, so you're going to have, you know, your your pick of some really good defensive players there. Um, you know, I, I think trading out of that pick has always made the most sense for Chicago. Um, you know, now that you get D.J. Moore and they've been very active in, in free agency. Uh, you know, I, I think that they can kind of narrow down what they want to do and, and get a plan and and execute it, uh, you know, for for Carolina. I mean, at this point, they've got to know who they're they're targeting, right? Um, like you, you have to have your mind made up. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a slow rebuild for them, um, especially giving up that much to to move up. Um, and and you know, you look at that team, and um, there's a lot of holes, you know, everywhere uh, in that roster. Um, and and now it's going to take a a lot longer to fill those holes when you you have less draft capital. So, um, yeah, I, I think it made sense for, for both sides. Um, but I, I think that she winner in, in that trade. Oh, well,
1: Brian, you kind of mentioned it. I I want us to have a conversation about it today was George's pro day and Jalen Carter was the talk of the pro day. He, you know, obviously has had the, the off field, um, issues, the misdemeanor charges while he was at the combine, but Came into the pro day nine pounds heavier than he was at the combine. Uh, and watching him go through this pro day, he had cut it short. He was clearly out of breath, like he was not in shape to go through this. Um, A, what does this tell you? Is do anything to his draft stock? And uh, you know, B, kind of general thoughts about him still go, you know, going through this and showing this uh, to NFL teams today.
2: I don't know if the nine pounds scares me. Um, you know, I, I think you can look at Bryce Young and he probably added nine pounds, you know, to, to get up to 194 at the combine, right? So it's not the nine pounds that scares me. It's the, um, you know, what do you look like on the field during those drills, not being able to finish um, some of that stuff, That's what scares me, you know, maybe, you know, obviously not more than, than the off-field stuff, but that's what scares me as a, as an on-field prospect. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think he's going to fall, um, you know, to, you know, if, if you would have asked two months ago, I would have said, you know, he's a top three pick. Um, now, I think it, it's probably maybe more likely, you know, in that nine to 15 range, somewhere in there, um, especially with a lot of top corners, um, you know, you've got some really good edge guys there. Um, and then your quarterbacks, obviously. Um, you know, I, I think it just kind of makes sense that he's gonna move down that board a little bit.
0: Brian, you live right there in Houston. So I feel like you've got to be plugged into the local talk and everything there. Uh who are the what's the fan base there in Houston? What of the quarterbacks do they want? And which one do you think they ultimately get? Assuming that it's going to be a quarterback, and I think we all do.
2: Yeah, I, I think the yeah, it, it'll be a quarterback for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk on Bryce Young. Um, I, I don't know if I would necessarily pick him there for, you know, as a, a franchise quarterback. It's a lot to um, invest in a guy that's 194. Um. And, and probably not his natural playing weight. Right. Um, but, you know, I mean, winning that last game uh, against Indianapolis and losing that first pick kind of puts you in a hole. Um, you know, so I, I really think it kind of depends on who off the board first. Um, but if, if you ask me to, to make a decision right now, um, I would, I would probably would probably go with Anthony Richardson um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it, it might, you know, take a little bit for him to get up to where, where, he, you know, his, uh, his ceiling's at. Um, but, you know, I, I think you can maybe draw some comparisons to Jalen Hurts on that. Um, where, you know, give it a year, two years, um, you know, be patient with him, bring the offensive long. Um, and, and, you know, you'll really start to kind of see, um, you know, the type of player he is.
1: Let, let me follow up with that who give, give me kind of your rankings of those top four quarterbacks for you uh not necessarily for a specific team or fit or need you know how what's your grades kind of kind of come out to um how do you order them because it seems like it's wildly different from person to person
2: yeah i mean it's been wildly different for me too um Fair. i mean starting you know for most of this process it's been cj stroud at the top bryce young right behind him uh and then uh, Richardson, um, you know, going back and, and watching film and really breaking down the film and kind of, you know, um, diving into it. Um, I, I still have Stroud a little bit above Bryce Young, but, um, you know, I really like what I see out of Anthony Richardson. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, playing history in and uh, in, in, at the collegiate level. Um but you know, I, I still think that there's a, a really high upside. Um, and you know when you you kind of break it down, um, you know I, I think that he's at the top and um, obviously I think that at this point will Levis has kind of started to to fall down a lot of boards, including mine.
0: In the history of first round picks at quarterback, as far as you can go back, how many of them have lost to Vanderbilt <laughs>
2: good question i don't know
0: i I, which Shane, one of us has got to research this before the draft
1: yeah like like i'm gonna start going down the down the line here let's let's
2: find out (laughs) i mean it had to be when cutler was there right i mean that would make sense as the
0: or when franklin uh, was there as the head coach could be i I don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna look i will that because i gotta have this factoid for our our live stream on night one uh Sticking with the Texans' division here, uh, Indianapolis is in a bit of a conundrum now because I don't think any team got screwed more by that trade of Carolina going up than the Colts. I have pretty much put it out there that I think they just, at this point, make the offer sheet to Lamar. Just just do what you got to do. Get Just because – I would rather have Lamar and give up next year's one and two hundred million dollars than I would to have either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at this point.
2: Well, I mean, especially if you're picking four, right? I mean, you're you're taking the the, the last remaining quarterback of, of that top four, um, and you know if they're there, I I don't know if you know if assuming it's Will Levis, I don't know if I'm if I'm Chris chris Ballard. if i'm willing to you know risk my you know career on a quarterback out of kentucky that just frankly wasn't very good right um whereas maybe you know you address another need and and do you target hendon hooker and the whether that's the the back end of the first round or, or early second round or you know look at one of these 2024 guys um you know, I I don't know if your answer is in the NFL draft. Um, you know, I, I know that they can't go back to uh, a band aid, whether that's Matt Ryan or uh, Carson Wentz. Um, so you know, having somebody like Lamar Jackson there um, is obviously intriguing. Uh, and and yeah, I'm with you. I would I would throw out whatever number he wants at this point.
0: For the record, Will Levis. Also lost to Vanderbilt. Hey, look, look at that!
1: We're two get the two for one this year. I'm, I'm work. I'm working my way back here. It's it's not. Uh, it's not going too great so far. So we're, we're moving back. I like. I I mean, I think I think the Ravens end up matching if anyone actually offers. It, it doesn't look like they will. So unfortunately, the Colts might be stuck. Um, Brian, let, let me let me switch gears because, I I've got to need some help. For my final mock draft, because I, I don't know where to put Bijan Robinson, and I, I, I want to know how you kind of feel about him as a prospect. You know, I have him pretty squarely as a top ten prospect in this draft, um, as Brian mentioned at the top. We redid our boards. I have him at five, actually, on my big board. Um, but you know, with the running back position devalued, the, how far does he fall? I tend to think maybe he sticks in the top ten, but I, I, I don't know, like where where are potential landing spots where what do you have him where do you think he ends up range wise in the first round and, and if you like any fits
2: yeah he's 10th on my board um in terms of a fit i think it's much lower than 10 um man i just don't know i mean i it's it, hard. it is hard um i i don't think it's philadelphia right I, I think you can rule that out. Um, you know, coming back a little bit further, is it Detroit? I mean, maybe. Um, you know, I I don't know. I, I I tend to think that it might be a team in that 22 to 26 range um, that just tries to get in there and, and get them before anybody else has the opportunity. Um, and at least at that point, you get the fifth-year option, right? So – uh, that's, that's where I think he's going to come off the board. Um, but I have him ranked much higher.
0: Yeah. He's eighth on my board as well. I was trying to look back at first round, like running backs and it's, is like one that just came out of nowhere. I'm trying to, trying to figure out, I can't, I can't do it. And I think it's going to take something like that. And like, but, for, for us people who are going to try to project this thing, it's, uh, it's not going great. Is it? Because you, you, you know that, that because of the evaluation of the position that it's, it's just hard to slot that in, but there's going to be a team. I'm like you, I think between 10 and 25 anywhere could go, could, it could happen. Um, I, as I said, when I was introducing you there, uh, you were my uh, my 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 running buddy there at the Senior Bowl this year, so I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about that uh, as we as we go forward here. Now that we're through all the All Star Circuit, we're in the Pro Days now. We're through the Combine. What stood out to you at the Senior Bowl that that's kind of now, as we're a month and a half removed, that's sticking in your brain now
2: from from that week? Yeah, you know, I. I uh... Um, I procrastinate quite a bit, so I did my show prep uh, about four hours ago. And, uh, you know, one thing that really kind of stuck out is in years past, you've kind of seen several players kind of ride that momentum wave of having a a senior bowl, you know, riding that into the combine and going into the draft. Um, And it just feels like at this point, you know, you really haven't heard – of that guy that's a first round prospect that has just crushed the whole pre-draft process and is, is, you know, really moving up there. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Lucas Van Ness. Um, but other than that, I mean, there just really hasn't been anybody that stood out at the senior bowl, um, as, as somebody that, you know, I would, you know, risk my, you know, career on as a, as a first round prospect.
0: Yeah, they, I, I mentioned it after the combine. Darius Rush from South Carolina seems to be like the one guy that has just rocket launched from the Senior Bowl up, but he's not going in the first round. Right. So I, I'm with you. I I don't we, – we, we we do this exercise every Friday before the Senior Bowl. We try to guess how many first-rounders are going to come from the game. I went low this year. I was the lowest of us all, and I think I had four. And even then I'm not convinced. I wasn't convinced that that, that they would get that many. So I guess we'll see uh, Shane. Uh, last question for Brian. I'll, I'll leave it with you. Yeah. Uh, so we,
1: we actually had a request from the chat to talk a little Kansas city Chiefs. So I'll, I'll toss that out to you, Brian. Uh, obviously won the super bowl the day one asking if we can get into some chiefs, you know, he, I know he, him and I talk on Twitter, so he's gone through the gambit here. But I think uh, we saw Juju Smith-Schuster sign uh, with these New England Patriots today. You know, what do you think the Chiefs do? That They spent some big money um, offensive tackle-wise in free agency. You know, they look receiver. How, I know, how do they kind of keep this momentum going? What, what do you think are some positions or players you think would be a good fit for the Chiefs themselves?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think receivers, the, the safe answer, right. Um, you know, I mean, you look at the the rest of their roster and it's a, they've, they've done a really good job of just building that team. Um, you know, have some, some young talent kind of infused in there. Um, some really good players. Um, you know, if, if it's not receiver, maybe running back, um, maybe that's where uh b john robinson can go god forbid um you know maybe offensive line some depth there um you know defensive front maybe maybe a defensive tackle um you know i i just i don't know if there's a clear answer um as to what they should do um but they uh just reload and just continue to to have just a a, a fantastic season.
0: yeah, um I, when I saw that basically they they brought in what was the office tackle of they brought know that they'd replace Orlando Brown, but it's Juan uh, Taylor, yeah. So it's like – and he's going to play left tackle, I guess. And I guess they're going to go with Luke, Lucas Yang at uh, at right tackle. I, I thought that might be a spot where they go. Is, is Are they really sold on that guy? So I guess we'll see if that, that's a potential spot. But, Brian, man, uh appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, said I appreciate you hanging out with me during the uh, Senior Bowl practices. And uh, it's always good talking to you. And uh, glad you could finally
2: come on the podcast with us. Hey, listen! Like you brought snacks that first day. That's I'm I'm right there. I'm every year. I'll be there. Just keep bringing snacks.
1: <laughs> keep keep bringing snacks. That's how you. That's yeah. how Brian. That's how Brian got my friendship. So yeah, the that's...
0: senior bowl team mom. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah, well, tell right, everybody draft. where we can uh, find all of your stuff.
2: Um, at NFLDraftLounge.com. dot uh, on Twitter at Brian Lamb underscore isn. And uh, starting up a podcast, uh, fired up NFL draft uh, on all the platforms, and uh, on Twitter at Fired Up Podcasts.
0: Good stuff, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: All right, thanks, guys.
0: That was Brian Lamb, NFL Draft Lounge, a good friend of mine, and uh, glad he could join us here for our little show tonight. Uh, What's it out there, Shane?
1: Uh, no, sorry. I, I was going to say, I'm I'm trying to do this Vanderbilt thing. I'm back into the nineties. I'm, I'm working my way back. It's not looking great so
0: far. <laughs> I'm not saying
1: I'm one. onto something
0: here. I could have missed one,
1: but, uh, it, you know, it's not looking great so far.
0: Oh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff from Brian. Uh, we appreciate him coming on tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, Shane, uh, with, with the release of our big boards, that means the consensus board also came out, and there were some more anomalies here with the board, and I, I wrote some down. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, first, of, we'll, we'll start with the guys that you're higher on than me, and there was none bigger than Penn State safety Jair Brown. Shane, you're still you're still on the bandwagon. You've got a a mid third round grade on him still, 73rd overall. Whereas after his combine workout, I bailed. I jumped ship and you I dropped him to 226 him. on my board. Like I so after the combine workout,
1: I, and I tweeted this like, man, he was one of my biggest disappointments, uh, where I was way off on my 40 prediction, everything. Uh, I went back and watched him. I was like, he is not that athletic. Like, that, the combine was a lie. This is what I'm saying. I think the combine was a lie. It's a guy that was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Like, you're telling me he's a, a red raz guy? Like, no way. I'm waiting for that Penn State Pro Day. I still buy in. Now, if at the Pro Day he does everything and he's still, like, a four and a half or five or whatever, then,
0: then I'm probably with you and I'm bailing. So, you might be right in the end. Uh, the next guy on that list the reverse effect seems to have worked here for you as the combine workout has pushed into your top 100 Daniel Scott from Cal safety. Whereas I'm still a little bit hesitant to jump in there. Uh, 188 on my board. What uh was it the workout for Daniel Scott or did, did you, after the workout you hit hit back on the film there?
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same deal. After the workout, I did not think he was that athletic. uh, And I thought, yeah, maybe it's a little bit overrated. You know, even the senior bowl week, well, he didn't jump out at me as this amazing player. Uh, But I went back and watched, and uh, the athleticism stuck more than I had initially written down. So, you know, one of the problems with scouting players and taking notes and making decisions is some, you know, what, how you're feeling that day. Sometimes you might be in a more negative mood. So I think maybe I was with Daniel Scott a little bit. Um, the numbers combined with going back uh, propped him up. I, I think top 100 seems very possible for him uh, after that workout, especially.
0: Last one that you were higher on than me, and I think I know why here. Uh, Texas running back Roshan Johnson, uh, 98 on your board, uh, 169 on mine. It, to me, it was just I like more running backs than him, and that kind of when I started stacking everything up, it kind of brought him down into that fifth round area for me uh, with, with with Johnson. I, and I may this may be one of them ones where I'm going to end up looking foolish here because the NFL is going to probably like him a whole heck of a lot more than the 169th best player.
1: I thought, I, th- I think he's done well at every step of the process. Like I, th- I thought, you know, the, the one day at the senior bowl was fine. And then the combine was pretty good uh, for his size and his 10 yard split was uh, phenomenal at one, five, two, the same as Bijan Robinson. Uh, like very, very close to even to Devin, Achain. chain. Uh, I think that explosion, I do think the NFL is going to like him, but running back's tough. So I, I can't fault you because that. I- I don't know which running backs I'm going to have my final top 100. I think that's going to be one of the toughest decisions of the top 100 at the end of the day.
0: It's just, it's just so many running backs that I ended up like as I, as I was re-ranking my running backs after the combine, I'm like, I didn't know where to slide him in at. And it's like, I, I, I've, I started liking Evan Hall more and, you know, Deuce Vaughn I still like and Keaton Mitchell I'm a, You know, so it's like that's where I ended up with Johnson. Um, Let's flip this around now. Guys, I'm higher on than you. um, And I still – the senior bowl kind of still sticks in my mind for this guy. Edge rusher from Kansas, Lonnie Phelps, uh, 112 on my board, but 272 on your board, Shane. Yeah, I I just don't
1: see – him as a, a draftable player, it reminds me of a, of Kyron Johnson last year, right? Kind of similar situation. I think Lonnie Phelps is probably more of a special teams situational guy. Not that he can't stick on a team, like I think he's good enough to do that. Uh, but I, to me, he's kind of on the back end of the draft. Um, so I don't know what what's what was it kind of the Senior Bowl that sold you on him? Yeah,
0: it was the Senior Bowl that sold me, and then I started seeing like highlights of wherever he was before Kansas, I can't remember. And it may have been Jim Nagy tweeting out, like, something on on it. But I started seeing, like, his special teams clips getting cut up. And I'm like, that guy's getting drafted. And as a situational pass rusher and a guy that can have that kind of impact on special teams, that's day three all day. So that's kind of where I ended up. And then then his combine workout ended up being okay. And I'm like, okay, maybe this guy ends up going in the fourth round. So – That's kind of where I ended up with Phelps. Uh, I paired these two together because I have a feeling where this ended up for me as well. A pair of interior offensive linemen, Ricky Stromberg from Arkansas, I have at 132. Alex Forsyth from Oregon, 126. These are guys that I loved on their 2021 tape. 2022 tape was okay, uh, and their workouts were fine. That's just kind of holdovers for me, and I really like this interior offensive line class, so I kind of push them up just a little bit. I, I think it's fair. I think you've been – especially Forsyth, I know you've been high on. I think
1: both are good players. I, I feel a little maybe low on Stromberg, but it's a really good interior offensive line group, kind of like you talked about the running backs. I think it's been tough for me to, to posit where this interior offensive linemen are. So both those guys feel a little bit low for me. I, I think both get drafted um, – ultimately so i I, I, don't, I don't i don't fault that i think it's uh that one might be on me
0: uh brian popped in and apparently he is i've i've he's also doing his own research he's was on this close he's close yes <laughs> as uh so jay cutler at vanderbilt almost beat ole miss but did not so and I maintain I'm
1: back, I'm back to the '80s here. Where, where, where I maintain that a
0: quarterback drafted in the first round has never beaten Vanderbilt before. So, It they never lost to Vanderbilt. Ne- before, yeah, yeah, never lost to Vanderbilt. I hope they have beaten them because that. Well, yeah, everybody's yeah. everybody should have beaten <laughs> Vanderbilt. Uh, last guy uh, on the flip side here: uh, 152 on my board, 242 on your board is TCU cornerback Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Um, I, I get why he's low on your board. Cause he's a five, eight corner with short arms, but I think the tape is good. Um, I just, yes, I, I get it. Uh, uh, as a boundary corner outside corner, he's not getting, he's not going to play that in the NFL. He's got to kick inside, but I think he can do that. Well, I think that gets him drafted in the fifth round area, which is about where I have him on the board.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair. Um, Once again, good corner class, just a lot of guys. I want to move above Hodges, Tomlinson, Uh, the the, the size. And and if he was small but had the arms, then I'm like, okay, I can buy it. Uh, But he feels like one of those guys just keeps falling and maybe even doesn't get drafted. And we're like, oh, but, you know, he's good and he is good. But the team's just – because a lot of teams are not even going to have on the board. I mean, you you might have – Maybe a third of the league will even think about drafting him. And then it's like, well, you're not, if you're not competing against that many other teams, do you even draft him that early? That's my question.
0: Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a couple of corners I have below him. I have him at cornerback 20 right now. I, I definitely can see guys like Jalen Jones, Cottrell Clark, Cameron Mitchell, Miles Brooks, Corey Trice. I think I can see all of them guys probably getting drafted ahead of him at some point, just because of the size. Last thing on our consensus board I want to touch on, and I want to say this to everybody who doesn't say persistence and browbeating doesn't work, it does. Uh Oh, Oh, At at some point, you told me that Southern Miss wide receiver Jason Brownlee was like your wide receiver 59 or something. Uh, He's now made it up to wide receiver 32 and 239 overall on the Shane – P. Hallam big board, which puts him draftable now. Still not as high as me. I've got him at 165 overall on my board and wide receiver 20. But I love Jason Brownlee, man. I I think he's going to be a big impact guy at some point in his career. Uh, But, yes, persistence has paid off. Decent combine workout. Now got Shane firmly on Jason Brownlee gets drafted.
1: Look, look, you you did it to me. You got me. You got me there, Jason Brownlee. Good combine. Good off season. Uh I actually have him above a couple senior bowl receivers, so, which which is nuts. I didn't think I would ever have that. So um you got. Him. I don't know if he's getting much higher. But that's all I can the, ask for, Shane. It's pretty good. He's he's I on got the Got him on board. the board. Got him on the board. That's
0: that's what's important. He I think he should have been at the senior bowl, in my opinion. But I trust. <laughs> I you, tried. Have, you didn't
1: even get there as a replacement.
0: We were, you know, were trying. Man, I, was, I was trying hard. All right. So we've had some reschedules of, for individuals and their pro days. Uh, maybe Jalen Carter should have took that route. Just saying. Um, Clemson edge rusher Miles Murphy did not work out at their pro day on the 13th. No, the, yesterday the fourteenth. Sorry, uh, he did not work out. He will have an individual uh, pro day on April the fourth uh, for NFL teams. And Devin Witherspoon did not work out last week at Illinois' pro day. He will instead have his individual pro day workout on April the fifth. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some testing results uh, from both of those. Especially Withers, well Murphy. We probably need to see it from Murphy too. But Witherspoon. Uh, I think we expected him to test really well, if nothing else, based on how the rest of the Illinois players have.
1: Yeah, I I, I think Witherspoon's going to test really well. Like, there's no question in my mind. I mean, you know, you want to be as, as well off as you can. Murphy, I, I think, is the guy that needs it more. Like, I think if Witherspoon never works out, he's probably still a top half of the first-round pick. I think Miles Murphy – you know, if he doesn't work out, there's a lot of questions, and it could, you know, hurt him if he doesn't get that full workout in. Uh, so hopefully, we get to see it.
0: Yeah, uh, should be remiss to say I think uh, Bryce Young is also going to have his own pro day as well, somewhere around in that same same time frame, first of April, first week of April. Um, what, last thing on the consensus board, I wrote this down and and and, and missed it. Uh, we almost had the same top eight. I did notice that we're we're very close to the top, and I think all I think we have the same exact top four in order, or top three at least. Top four, yeah, top four, yeah. and
1: and number six is the same with Tyree Wilson.
0: Yeah, and I have Bijan at eight. You have him at five. So, yeah, we're getting there, Shane. We're almost yeah. we're almost lockstep yeah. uh, a little bit there. There's
1: another. It, it's always you talked about it last time. It's always weird. There's always a couple like random guys that we've ranked. Exactly the same place, even sometimes in the
0: hundreds. Yeah, further down the board. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just like, wait, how, how did that happen? Because we don't even talk about it or look at each other's boards before we do this. So it's always, that's always fun.
0: It was, I'm, I'm curious, what was the furthest one down this time? Uh, let's
1: see. The Zach Evans was 115. I think that yeah. is it. How does that happen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we get the exact over. 77th, Sydney Brown? Jalen Redmond, ninety nine. Darius Russ, sixty one. I mean, that's just freaky how that ends yeah. up uh, working out. But yeah, that's their that's uh, consistent score. We got some questions on Twitter. Uh, we had some uh, question in the Discord as well. So let's let's start with the Discord question first. Zbar three one one, ask uh, and we we mentioned it earlier with Dallas trading for cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Does that take them out of a round one defensive back? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I don't think it necessarily
1: precludes them from being out on on defensive back. Um, I think they still draft a corner at some point, round one. You know, maybe he's a little bit rich, but it could happen. I think I think Dallas needs to keep stocking that that group, not just for this year, but for the future. Uh, and I think that's what they're going to do. So I'll say probably not round one, um, but day two is still possible.
0: Um, where was where, where I? Okay. Uh, at Lord Luckin on Twitter asked, how many cornerbacks are going to go in round one? He says he's, he may end up with six graded in that range. And then he had a follow-up question to that. So we'll, we'll start with that one. How many cornerbacks do you think ultimately end up in round one? Six is a good number. Um, I, I'd probably go five for safety.
1: That one of Keely Ringo, and Cam, or Cam Smith falls into round two. But uh, I, and I feel like four, you know, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter, Devin Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, probably going to go in the first round. I'll say one of Cam Smith or Kiwi Ringo. So I'll say five.
0: So Shane's going with five. I think four is the is the lowest number, right? I'm I'm with you. I I think Gonzalez, Witherspoon, Banks, and Porter are probably locked in. Smith and probably Ringo are the borderlines there that would get you to six. We feel good about that because I think Forbes is firmly out of round one now. Yeah, I think the one hundred sixty-six.
1: You can't, you can't take unless that
0: unless he goes on that uh, Bryce Young diet between now and uh, the Mississippi State Pro Day. <laughs> uh, his follow-up question was: What corners do you think will be available for when San Francisco finally comes on the clock in the uh, late third round?
1: That's a good question because I think corners are going to go fairly early. Um, so I think late third, maybe you're looking at uh, Daryl Lutter would be a good fit, perhaps
0: from South Alabama. I think he's on that borderline. Um, I don't. I, was it? Was it this? I don't know if it was the John Lynch regime where, or if it was the whoever was in charge before him where they would use these comp picks almost as. Drafting redshirt ish players, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they drafted Marcus Lattimore uh, during there as well, uh, and that I bring that up because of a guy like Garrett Williams from Syracuse could be available for them late in the third round. I think uh, Caillou Blue Kelly may fall that could could be he's there yeah. in that range. Eli Ricks from Alabama, Riley Malls from Iowa. I think those are names that could be on that cusp.
1: Yeah, Riley
0: Moss is a good one.
1: Uh, that's a good one, because I, I I think he'd be a great fit there.
0: Or maybe your guy, Ja'Korian Bennett? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I would like that, too. Um, yeah, I, I love Ja'Korian Bennett. We have an answer to the question, by the way. Brian has done the research. 1951 is the last time... Vanderbilt defeated a quarterback that was drafted in the first round. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, – I don't think that's true. Uh-oh. I don't think it's true. Uh, so they did beat LSU, who drafted um, – Wyatt Tittle was drafted in the first round. He did not play quarterback in that game. I, just found, I found the newspaper article from 1951. They started a freshman, a quarterback at LSU in that game. Keep going, Brian. Gonna keep keep going, digging.
0: Brian. <laughs> maybe it's never happened. Maybe it's never. Maybe it's the first time. Two of them in one year, too. All right. Last question we'll talk about tonight. And this is fascinating to me. Uh, it was announced today that the Big 12, as a conference, will hold a pro day next year for the 20 before the 2024 draft and the teams that are in the big 12 conference, which is there will be 12 of them next year. So, Hey, that's still, that works out. So the 12 teams as a collective will hold their own pro day in Frisco, Texas next year. So at I'm Nostra Thomas, a friend of mine from the Bengal gym and friends podcast ask. um, do we think this will be how all conferences go going forward? I, I think it's coming. And
1: I you know, I said on Twitter of a hot take, I think next year the Combine as we know it is pretty much dead, and I don't think it exists in two years. I think next year there are no workouts at the Combine. That's that's my hot take. That's your hot take. I think, I think it, if the Big 12 is doing this, They've, they've, got uh, the, they've got the word. Other conferences are not gonna want to not do it, right? And so if we have these major conferences doing this, plus I, I don't think the pro days are gonna necessarily, you know, you know, we'll see what happens if we sell the smaller pro days or if we combine some of these, you know, let some of the smaller schools go to these bigger conferences, like you're basically just getting regional combines. Why why have your guys work out at the at the at the big combine?
0: to back up off of this, if this does end up being a thing where we, like you said, basically we end up having regional combines replacing the pro day, uh, regional combines or these conference pro days end up replacing the the main combine. Um, This is going to be a boon for these television partners, right? Because my assumption to be is that you're, If there is no NFL Combine, then NFL Network's not going to have it. But they could – NFL Network could partner with some of these networks or ESPN that now – or Disney, I should say, owns the rights to all of the SEC. Now, starting in 2024, Mm -hmm. you telling me that them cats ain't going to show SEC Pro Days or the, the SEC Pro Day? Come on, man or showing it on the SEC network probably would be my guess. Big 10 network, uh, Big 12. Th- this will probably be on ESPN or Fox or FS1. Well, and, and even if,
1: you know, it's just another piece to the negotiation for those TV rights, right? It's another thing like you got to yeah. pay for. It's been, you know, you don't have the rights to the SEC pro day. So you want it, you got to pay more. Like, that, that's how it's going to come. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think that's going to be big. And I think all you have to do is get agents on board. So, I, you know, I think the combine will happen next year. It's the last year in Indy. Um, you know, I'm probably going a little bold to say, like, no one's going to work out. Right, like, literally. Um, there probably still will be. But, you know, i, I got to go a little hot take-ish on here. But I do think that's it. I think next year is absolutely it for for the NFL scouting combine.
0: Next year could be a lot of changes. After next okay, it, year, it could that be could last be, uh, year
1: for a lot of things in the draft things. process. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, we could be we could be running on uh, changes is a coming, Shane. And like I told you before, I'm not a big fan of change for the most part. But I feel like uh, this is one change I can get behind. Especially, like I said, if it's televised, we get the numbers, we get to see the workouts still, I, I'm on board with this. I, I think the Big 12 is on to something. Um, I'm with you. I think you could even have the MAC Big Ten. MAC could have their – that could be the undercard pro day. See,
1: yeah, that's what I'm wondering is do we get the smaller conferences or do they team up, right? You know, because if I'm the Big Ten – I'll take the Mac players. Like, let's go, you know. I mean, if they, if they have a good player too, I I want to have that on my network. And if you're the, the Mac, you really got to put in the money to run your own pro day. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to
0: see. Yeah, I'm also curious about, like, how this would work with the FCS schools and the smaller schools. Do they just – at that point, yeah, agents, I guess, have a lot to play because the agents are generally the ones that get their – they're smaller school guys to these bigger pro days, right? That's generally how that works. Yeah, I mean,
1: heck, we saw uh, Matt Landers, the Arkansas wide receiver at the Georgia pro day because he used to be on Georgia's team. You know, see, I think you can negotiate almost anything uh, it's for some of these agents and players.
0: Absolutely. So that's good stuff there. Uh, hot take from Shane on the – uh the, the combine. dead. Title. Combine. combine Combine is, is combine dead. Is dead. That that I'm gonna cut this up into a smaller video and put it on YouTube, and that will be the title of the video. The NFL Combine is dead. Yes, um, gotta get them clicks. Put a All big
1: right. put a big red circle over my face and a skeleton of the combine. You know, we we, we can make a nice thumbnail. You,
0: you, you're t- trying to test my editing skills. <laughs> that's that's not, fair, I don't fair. know how good I am at this sort of thing.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm good enough to do that either, but
0: um, final thoughts. On everything we talked about tonight, overall, the first three days of free agency and just the trades, anything.
1: It's good. I, I don't think free agency's shaking up the draft that much. Like there's, I have to go through um, all these signings and see how it's shaking up the draft. But I have a seven round mock coming down on Monday. And i I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't think much has changed in terms of what I think teams need, where they're going to look maybe some round adjustments on uh, that I can take on the first round, maybe day two or early day three, but like, there's not much. Uh, I don't think it was a great free agent class. And a lot of teams brought back their guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know there's fans of one franchise that are in full on panic mode right now. I think it's going to be okay, but uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see. And like I said, we've had six trades so far. I don't think the free agent market has really been as hot and heavy as I think some, maybe some, anticipated. I haven't seen like there's been no big monster deals. Even the one for Jesse Bates to Atlanta wasn't, you know, earth shattering, or it wasn't even the best for a safety ever. So it's I don't think these players are getting the cash and the 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 years they thought they were going to get.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. It seems to be a little bit lower generally than players have wanted, or you know the guarantees are decent, but the you know the contracts less. It just hasn't been as explosive, which is good for us because we've been doing the draft stuff. And I think it, if you're not paying the free agent, you brought in a lot, you might draft the player as well.
0: All right, that's gonna do it for tonight's show. If you're watching us on YouTube for the first time. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. So you get notified when we go live with these podcasts and like we did last Friday, Shane, you would have been notified that we were going live to break down the Chicago, Carolina trade. Um, tell everybody, you know, share out we, we, we need to get some more subscribers here on the YouTube channel. We do it a lot. We're putting in a lot more work now. We will, we want to see those numbers go up to reflect that. Um also, if you're uh, listening to us on audio, the audio platforms here, be it Spotify, be it Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, share that out as well. We would much appreciate it. As always, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft, Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at draft Countdown, And go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your daily NFL draft needs, including a seven-round mock draft coming up from Shane and a mock draft yesterday. Uh, From Brad, or sorry, Monday from Brad Menendez. Go check that out as well. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.